you know, this is our project pipeline and this is the process. You know, you're onboarded, you come in, you do the questionnaire, we do this, we do the call, this is the revision process, this is how long things take. And I ran that ship. You know, I was, even when I was working one-on-one, I was very like, clients have to deliver their notes to you by this date. Like that's when the, that's when it's due. And I was not very flexible about it, but it got stuff done and it kept the ship moving. And I could never have had an agency if I didn't approach even my one-on-one that way. Great day, great day. You are listening to the Jerisha Said Podcast. Episode 92. Having the courage to start your own business and actually sell your consulting services online can be tough. Look, it may not be easy, but it can be simple. In each episode, we take a deep dive into one core growth strategy so you can gain a solid understanding of what's required to serve your clients, sell your services, and scale your consulting business online. All you have to do is listen to what Jerisha said. So if you are ready for a transparent, I'm talking all the way real, edge snatching strategies, grab your castor oil and keep listening. I am your host, former engineer, turned online high ticket sales coach, Jerisha Hawk. You probably chose to tune in today because you have a burning desire. You have had this idea of starting a coaching business and creating consistent revenue, but there's a gap. Something's missing. You are ready to raise your rates, but you lack the confidence with being able to attract an audience of high-end clients and sell them on your offer. That's why this episode today is brought to you by my signature program, Newly Enhanced Services That Sell. If you've been thinking about turning the skills that you currently have into a high-ticket, four-figure service that you can sell consistently, I encourage you to sign up for my free crash course training at jerishahawk.com backslash raise your rates. Make sure that you know everything that you need to not just deliver your services and help your clients get amazing results, but how to actually attract those types of clients and sell them consistently using very simple foundational sales strategies. This method has been developed specifically for those who don't have a large audience and who don't want to spend thousands of dollars trying to get complicated funnels to actually work. This is your time to gain the clarity that you crave to confidently sell your services online. Do not waste another minute. Visit jerishahawk.com backslash raise your rates today. Register for the next training and finally get an efficient plan that you can follow and implement so you can start selling your services. Visit jerishahawk.com backslash raise your rates now. If you are somebody who has been maybe cautious of pivoting your business model, or maybe you've gone through multiple pivots in how you deliver your service or show up for your clients, and maybe had resistance to that or have been excited about it, today's episode is going to be for you. Our guest today is Jamie Jensen. She is an award-winning screenwriter, business strategist, and the creator of Story School. To date, she's helped over a thousand entrepreneurs increase their sales by up to 900% with the power of effective storytelling. Prior to helping business leaders connect deeply with their audience through copy, videos, and talks, Jamie worked in a story development in Hollywood, assisting writers in both film and television. She is the co-director and executive producer of the feature film, Hannah Has a 
a whole face, which won the Best Feature Writer Award at a at a really pretty Lefem Film Festival. Y'all, I'm not that savvy in the Hollywood world, but she's a big deal. Um, and she recently completed her 11th feature-length screenplay. She lives in Los Angeles. Um, when she's not writing or helping clients with her their creative business voice and story, you can find Jamie drenched in sweat from yoga or dance class, cracking inappropriate jokes, or curled up on the couch watching movies on repeat. Hashtag obsessed. I love Jamie. I'm so excited to be sharing this interview with you because the thing that I really admire about her is she's been in business for seven years, which says seven years in this online world is like a lifetime, right? And she has gone through multiple business model pivots as she leveraged beyond one-on-one. So she started her business one-on-one coaching, transitioned to done-for-you services primarily, built an agency. I mean, I'm not going to tell you the rest. She's gone through a couple other business model shifts. And I wanted to give you guys an insight on, you know, what it, like there's more than one way to leverage. And she's a really big believer in picking a business model and one that allows you to operate within your zone of genius. And I think that'll just be really insightful for you if maybe you've had hesitation with making a decision or hesitation on making the decision to change something in your business, that you have the freedom and flexibility to do it. And you're going to be able to hear from her perspective of what's worked for her and how she's been able to do that successfully. So, um, you know, pull out your notebook for this one, really be open to receiving on this one. And let's get right on in. Before we get into today's episode, I just want to take a moment to say thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for tuning in. It means the world to me. And the more that you like, you know, subscribe, share, and download, the more episodes that we're able to create for you. So I want to give today's episode and give you a listener shout out. And this is what they had to say. This is from I Rep Christ. They titled this that my mindset has literally changed. Oh my God. Been listening to you since 6 a.m. Episodes 35 and especially 51 has hit me hard and in tears at work. I'm learning to not sell myself short anymore. The pop method I plan to utilize. I am realizing that I am not, that I have not put myself out there because I haven't felt the full self-confidence, aka self-sabotaging. Lastly, I will ensure my system works while moving my platform from IG to, to Facebook. Thank you so much for your passion. My life is changing from your hardcore, spot-on wisdom. I rep Christ. Thank you so much for leaving that heartfelt review. And if you're listening to this, I invite you. Please go leave a review and make sure that you subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen. And just let me know what you're thinking of the podcast. And I might just give you a shout-out on a future episode. So let's not wait any longer. Let's get right on into today's episode. Y'all, y'all, I am so like ecstatic. My cheeks hurt because of how hard I'm smiling right now. We have the amazing Jamie Jensen on today. She's a mastermind sister, like one of my soul sisters. It's just, I'm so happy that you're here. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) (laughs) Do you guys ever like fangirl over your friends? Like that's kind of what I feel like is happening right now. It's Um, mutual. But I'm really pumped up. Just to start off, can you let everybody know like what it is you're known for, what your expertise is, and how you serve clients today? Yeah, absolutely. So my expertise really is creating an audience experience that really entertains, inspires, and sells your audience. So that is actually what I help people do. And in the early days of my business, that was strictly copywriting. 
And now I work with people more deeply on storytelling and then how we weave that into their brand business and copy. Yeah. And guys, I've been, she's like, Jamie, you're one of like the best copywriters that I know and your ability to help individuals see the uniqueness in their stories that they may not even be able to see themselves and how to incorporate that into their brand, into their messaging, into their marketing is just, we'll we'll talk about all that juiciness in a bit, but I want to get back to like, I know you've been in business for like what, seven years now. And how did you get your first paid client? What did you sell? What was the service? How much did you charge for it? My first paid client actually wasn't copywriting. My first paid client was coaching, believe it or not. Mm, Okay. Interesting. Okay. Coaching around writing. Okay. Do you know how much you charged back then? You know, I think I had a beta offer and I think my initial, it was not, I mean, a couple hundred dollars a month was probably what it was. Honestly, I, I can't even fully remember, but it was something in that range. Yeah. And I had a handful of clients. I think I had like five or six clients pretty quickly. So, okay. I'm glad it's interesting that like, you know, the offer back then isn't actually like how you display your expertise now. You were coaching clients, helping them write. But like, when did you know you needed to start shifting into like, you know, coming up with a niche, figuring out what like a more... Well, I guess you, you were enrolling clients and making money. Like what made you decide to even start doing it done for you and actually doing the copywriting for your clients? Yeah. It's funny because I dabble, I do dabble with coaching now. It's not like I don't coach, but, but the re the way that I started doing done for you was I, and it's not how I express my expertise at all. The way that I started doing done for you was everyone in my community of other coaches and business owners and entrepreneurs and service providers and even course creators and program creators, they were coming to me to help them with their, with their words, with their writing. I had a friend who had a, a graffiti based clothing business. Like that was his kind of one of his side hustles and he needed an about page and he came to me and was like, well, you're a great writer. Can you write this for me? And I whipped up a little blurb for him. I don't even think I charged for it, but it was one of those first moments of realizing like, oh, this is hard for other people and it's so easy for me. And I think that was just, it was the clear thing. It's the thing that everyone's showing up asking you to do that because it's so easy for you and you're the person they go to for that help. And I, and I said to myself, oh, this is the business. I got it now. <laughs> and how did you start like shifting your offers and, you know, I know you said you did copywriting, but what, what did it look like for you, like actually niching down and deciding the type of copywriting that your services were going to be more positioned towards selling? Yeah. So I had started writing my own website for myself, thinking that I was going to be just writing coaching and that was what I wanted to do. And it was, that was it. And in the process of writing my own website copy and like learning how to do it and digging really deeply into it. I beca- it became clear to me that there were strategies that I was using that I had taken from my writing background. Because when I started my business, I had already had a master's in film producing. I had already had an undergraduate degree in storytelling. That was my jam. So I had this business understanding, right? I was trained in the entertainment industry and business, and which really is the business of content. And so there were so many different storytelling, communication, and like business and marketing strategies that I was I think unconsciously using that felt easy and fun in how I was approaching my own website, if that makes sense. And I was having so much fun with it that when people asked me to do it for them, it just felt like a fun, easy yes. It, it, was, it was the funnest, easiest thing I could have said yes to. 
So I ended up deciding that I wanted to work in the niche I was working in because I really cared a lot about working with people who wanted to make an impact in a positive way. And the people that were typically attracted to me were those types of entrepreneurs. You know, they had a mission with their business and their brand that was beyond just making money. They had something cool or creative or clever they were doing that I could get behind. And so that was what I was attracting. That was what was around me. And it felt like a, a really easy fit for me to say, I still want to help these people who have a message but I'm going to help them in this way, if that makes sense. And yeah. my, first, my first paid offer, I basically decided to just beta. And I was like, I'll just write a sales page for $97. And I put it out there. And I think I sold like five or six. And I was so excited to get paid to write. And it felt so fun. And that was where I started. <laughs> I like love that. And so $97 sales pages, that is guys, that is not how much she charges today. So Oh, no. Don't, don't come to her for that. So when did you start getting your confidence in raising your rates and actually starting to understand the value of the writing that you did? Because I think sometimes we can, because it comes so easy to us or natural or it's just more in flow or in sync with what our zone of genius is, we may not necessarily always see the larger value and attach the appropriate price point to the value being delivered. But when did you start to notice like I definitely need to be charging more than $97 for this. And like, I, what was the point where you started adding on like, you know, four or five figures for writing this sales copy for people? Yeah. Great question. There were a couple different steps. One was realizing that I was helping people make more money. Two was realizing what other people in the market were charging and really what, you know, what's, what's the comparative analysis? What else is out there? And what is this really valued at? And three was having the mindset of once I knew what my business was, approaching it like a business. So when you change your mindset and you're like, okay, if this is the business, how are we growing it? How are we packaging it? How are we productizing it? What does it look like? So it was really, you know, there were three different, I would say like mindset shifts or steps in that process for me. And it wasn't like I just raised my prices to some crazy number immediately or anything like that. It was definitely phases of slowly raising the price and kind of figuring out what felt like the right fit. And as the business evolves, you kind of continue to play that game. You know, what feels right for the market you're serving. Yeah. And I know that you've gone through many business model iterations and changes, but okay, you're doing one-on-one -on -one and then you decided to leverage beyond one-on-one -on -one into an agency. And like, what was that defining moment to say, okay, at this stage, like, were you at capacity with clients? And then what was it? How did you decide that the agency route was going to be the business model route that made sense for that season that you were in? Yeah. So there are a couple, so I'm a manifesting generator in human design, which might may or may not mean anything to your audience, <laughs> which means that it's, I thrive by juggling a few different creative projects at the same time, right? Like I kind of need three to five things in the fire to feel like good and thriving and excited and energized. So I actually, within three to four months of starting my business, I was already creating a course. And I think that because I was like, serving clients and creating a course and had, had hit my sales goals really quickly once I focused on what they were, I hit capacity quickly in terms of everything that I was offering at once and knew that I needed to bring on help. And so my initial inspiration for having an agency, I definitely had the vision for it. You know, I was like, I see my agency. I know what it is. I know how many people are on the team. You know, I had a very clear vision. But in the moment, I was also like, 
I can't do this all myself. And I definitely need to, I need help to, to actually leverage what I'm doing. And the, how do you think like starting with one-on-one and like selling that as the initial like primary revenue stream versus starting with a course first or going into a group offer? Like how did having one-on-one position you or prepare you for leveraging your business later? Yeah, a couple ways. So in terms of the agency model, you know, I productized, I productized the shit out of what I was doing. And I processized the shit out of what I was doing. And I was like, I'm going to be like the cool McDonald's of copywriting. And we knew, I knew what we were doing. You know, I was, I'm a comedy writer. I come from a background of like working in Hollywood and screenwriting. And I still do that. And so there is, you know, I brought this element of storytelling and like comedy to what I was doing. And so I was very clear that anyone who was going to be a part of my team had to fit those buckets. They had to be a great storyteller and they had to be funny. And that was really what my brand promise was, was like, we're going to add a level of humor and personality in addition to strategic conversion to what you're doing. So I was very clear on like, this is the process. This is what we stand for. This is who we are. This is who we're for. And I systematized everything. It was like, these are our packages. This is what we offer. And we had a very clear pipeline for clients. It was like, you know, this is our project pipeline and this is the process. You know, you're onboarded, you come in, you do the questionnaire, we do this, we do the call. This is the revision process. This is how long things take. And I ran that ship. You know, I was, even when I was working one-on-one, I was very like, clients have to deliver their notes to you by this date. Like that's when the, that's when it's due. And I was not very flexible about it but it got stuff done and it kept the ship moving. And I could never have had an agency if I didn't approach even my one-on-one that way, you know? Before we dive into today's episode, I want to talk about automation and systems for a second. Seriously, isn't it about time that you stop manually doing everything in your business? If you're in the business of booking clients, there are certain tasks that you have to repeat often. Booking discovery calls, scheduling coaching sessions, and doing follow-up touch points. If you are repeating a task over and over again in your business, you should automate it. Acuity Scheduling is my favorite system, not just because they sponsored today's episode, but because they helped me automate all of those client interactions. With Acuity Scheduling, you'll never ask what time works for you again. Clients can quickly view your real-time availability, and it even integrates with your Google Calendar. And they can self-book their own appointments, reschedule with a click, and even pay online. You can even use Acuity Scheduling to book appointments on social media. You heard me right. With your Facebook business page or IG's booking button, your followers are literally just a click away from scheduling through your social media profile. Seriously, I could go on and on about how easy Acuity Scheduling makes it for me to keep up with my clients despite my busy schedule. But what's even better than me telling you is you seeing for yourself. For a limited time only, you can get 45 days of Acuity Scheduling absolutely free, no credit card required. Just go to acuityscheduling.com backslash Hawk Hustle to check it out for yourself. That's acuityscheduling.com backslash Hawk Hustle for your free 45-day trial. Go get on it. Yeah, I think a lot of times people think like, I need to have all this stuff perfect before I could even go to market. And I love the thing that I'm hearing with you is that like, as you were working with clients, you were developing those processes. So like, you know, you're getting paid to develop the process and honestly, you're getting real data. You're not just thinking this is what needs to happen, but like you doing the work, you can see the process kind of reveals itself. 
for you to be able to create a foundation that you could leverage off of and then continue to refine and hone in after the fact. So I love that. So you, you built this agency, you know, you guys were like, I, I'd say like one of the pristine copywriting agencies in our industry. Like, how was it? And I know you have grown beyond the agency as well. So one thing I want you guys to be listening to that there's never, and you even mentioned this too in your intake, is that you believe the best business model is one where you are able to operate in your zone of genius and build a structure and process that's, that supports you being in that zone 80% of the time. And it changes over time in business and it's normal for the model to change. So like you're building out this agency, you know, outside looking in things that look like they're thriving, money's being made, clients are being served. Talk us through like what that agency feel was like and when you knew it was time to shift the business model again. Yeah. So it was time for me to shift the business model when I, I knew I wanted five writers on the team and that was always the vision. And then we got there and then I wasn't excited to keep growing. Mm. I wasn't excited to keep growing. I started resenting a lot of what my job was, which was not a good sign. You know, I think, I think the truth is that, I, that in becoming an agency leader, I wasn't really operating in my true zone of genius in that role. You know, I wasn't working directly with clients. I wasn't working on storytelling. Sometimes I was doing strategy. I was doing strategy for my own business. And sometimes I was working with clients on strategy, but I really, you know, I was more, my job was really leading the team, managing the vision for the business. And, and, and really I was the person responsible for training and developing writers to be on our team and kind of execute the level of quality that we were putting out. And I loved that, but I didn't love it without getting, without being able to just work directly with the client. You know, it started to feel like I wasn't doing the part that I loved anymore. And so that, that to me was the big, like, okay, I built this, I hit the goal, I got here and I, I don't actually want to do the next steps. You know what? I want to do something else now. <laughs> Man, I think that that's like, I'm really glad that you bring that up because I think sometimes we're so focused on, okay, how do we keep having this exponential growth in our business? And we can get so focused on, you know, just growing where we forget about when you start growing with certain models, your role as the employee in the company changes. And it's like, is this the role or the seat that I want to be in? And it's like, nah, it is not. Mm -hmm. So what happened after that? Like you decided to close down the agency. Yeah. And how did you start to like, I guess like one, how did it feel achieving this goal, hitting the markers that you wanted and not feeling the fulfillment that maybe you had thought might've come with the goal attainment? And like, just what was the thought process? How did you process and feel that through? And then what was the next step that came after that? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the big things, one of the big things that I had to face in myself in coming to that conclusion was that my ego really loved being an agency owner. Like, man, it made me feel important and valuable and worthy and special. And like, I mattered and I like, like I was smart and successful. And there was something about carrying that title around that just meant something to me. And it doesn't really now, it's just something I did. It doesn't really feel important, you know, but, but I had to seriously look at like, oh, my ego really loved it, but my heart didn't love it. My heart didn't really care. It wasn't important to me. What was important to me was really still servicing the client and helping people tell their story and creating profitability with their story and impact. So it's, 
it's, that was a lot of the, a lot of the process was really facing that. And I think that whenever you're in a moment of reckoning, you know, with making decisions that, you know, you sort of, your subconscious mind drives you to, to make choices for a particular reason. Right. And then you kind of get to the end of that and you're like, Oh, that's why I did that. But I don't actually really want this like in my truth. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. So for me, I felt really clear at that moment that I just wanted, I wanted to simplify and I wanted something leaner and I wanted to be more face-to-face with the clients again. And so I just said, you know, I want to be mentoring writers, but I, like I was on my team, but I don't want them to be like my business team. I want to be mentoring them for their own thing. And I was very clear that I still wanted to work with entrepreneurs on their story and on their copy, but I wanted to be the one doing it because for me, that is my genius zone. You know, it is like developing story, breaking story, looking at the big vision with people. What's the strategy? It's developing writers with by developing the work with them and helping them kind of step into leadership and how they're communicating, whether it's for their own business or whether they're supporting other business owners with their writing. So yeah. And so you're like, what's the process? The process is like you cry a lot because it comes with a lot of grief. I had also spent $30,000 on a rebrand that year for the agency. I like spent 18 months, $30,000, like with new photography, new website, like the whole shebang. And three months later, I was like, wow, I thought that this would feel better after the rebrand, but actually I I still don't love this. Mm. How do you like, I think I'm so glad that you said that because sometimes we'll make investments and it's like, oh my gosh, it was a failure. I made the wrong thing. And it can almost like paralyze us from making decisions to move forward because we feel guilty of, I don't know, doing the wrong thing. Like, did you feel that? Or like, how did it feel for you after that rebrand and realizing it's not it? Like, did you feel paralyzed or were you confident knowing that like, just accept that lesson for being what it was, no matter how, what the price tag attached to that lesson was? Like, how, how did you reconcile with that? I mean, I feel like I've, my education costs a lot more money than $30,000, my actual education. And so I'm like, that's nothing. That's just a year of tuition, like whatever. You know, I think- Your perspective of that. It is. I, th- I mean, that's about that. 100%. My dad always said like, to, you know, that when you lose money or you waste money or you think that it didn't turn out the right way, like you're paying for a lesson. So it's tuition for life. Mm. So I always look at money spent as tuition. You know, I also want to say on this topic, I recently spent a ton of money on Facebook ads, you know, last year that did not get me ROI. And I was like, and I'm still kind of like, Ugh, that feels gross. Like it doesn't feel good. And my good friend, Elizabeth Ryder, who's incredible, you know, we had a chat about it and she's like, you know, the reality is that as a business leader, you can't always make the right choices because you really don't know what's right and what's not right. You kind of just have to make the choice and then see. So you can't really beat yourself up over making a choice that didn't work out the way you thought it would or the way you wanted it to, because there's no version of being a business owner where you always make the right choices. That is so good. Y'all like rewind that, listen to that again, come to terms to accept that reality you know, that is so, that's so good. Yeah. She's brilliant. She's uh, brilliant, but it's, <laughs> it's true. You can't. <laughs> yeah. So what's the business model look like today? You know, we've gone through a couple of iterations, one-on-one, you had courses back then, coaching back then, turn it into an agency where that was the primary, let the agency go. What's the, what is the business model today? Yeah. So I have one-on-one, I have group and I have my courses. 
And my one-on-one, I do, I coach and I also do done for you copy for clients. So I do some, still some done for you writing and the group is really focused more on, on business and like scaling and growth. You know, I tend to work a lot with creative service providers just because, you know, I really understand deeply the, the unique challenges of what it is to be a creative service provider specifically because it's, it's, diff- it's, it's an interesting challenge when like you are the vessel creating the work and then separating yourself from the work and kind of knowing how to businessize that. It's just interesting. So, you know, those tend to be the, you know, the people that feel called to, to receive my support in that way. And then I have courses. Courses are about half my business revenue at this point. So, yeah. I think, I think it's interesting is that like your promise has been refined and may have shifted, but it stayed pretty consistent this entire time. Just the way in which you deliver that promise has been the thing that has evolved. You know, you still do copywriting. You still help people write their stories so they can sell their services with the goal of being able to create the impact and like drive the mission. So like, am I hearing that right too? That that's always stayed consistent, just the vehicle in which you drove it or delivered it has evolved. Yeah. I mean, some people hire me to write their keynote speeches now and I do that, you know, and so it's not, I don't have a business writing keynote speeches, but at the core of what I do, it's really comes down to like, how are you telling your story in a way that's going to inspire, entertain, and sell? Mm-hmm. Inspire, entertain, and sell. I love it. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are like things that you do? Because I think throughout all of this, you've had to evolve your identity as a CEO and separate you being an employee in the business to you being the CEO of it and also your identity outside of the business. But what are things that you've done to kind of help you progress mentally from like an identity being standpoint? to juggle those three different roles. You get what I'm trying to ask? Like, just what, what have you been investing in? Like, should we talk about the fact that I'm also a screenwriter? So like, there's a whole other <laughs> fun identity that I get to juggle too. <laughs> yeah, but I just think that's something I've been able to learn a lot being around you is like understanding what my identity is and also not like, like the label of you being an agency owner and how that made you feel about yourself, but detaching the ego from the true identity of who you were. Like just, I'm just curious to know, like, what are some of the things that you've done to help you separate these identities so you can operate from like the highest version of yourself without, you know, like muddling those things or getting too caught up in the ego? Yeah, it's, it's so much ego and I'm still managing my ego. I can't tell you that like I'm done and it's perfect. Right. <laughs> well, because we're all human. And I think that, you know, I, that would be a really beautiful marketing story and it would also be an absolute lie. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you tell it like that and at the end it's like guys <laughs> jk okay we're still, we're still on the journey <laughs> and then i woke up <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> hope you guys enjoyed my dream thanks for listening welcome to life uh, welcome to life mic drop well i you know there's a lot of different things it's you know it's a it takes a good amount of personal development and a lot of reflecting on yourself and like why you even make the choices you make in the first place so there's a lot of that i write comedy so that helps a lot <laughs> and i think you know i think a, a lot of it is it really is asking yourself like well where did that come from that i made those decisions you know i was i was raised by an entrepreneur my dad was an entrepreneur he passed when i was 20 And, you know, we all make interesting decisions based on how we were raised or what we think is going to get the approval of, of 
our parents, but in adulthood, that's like what your parents stand for, what they value, what, what they wanted you to have because they believed that you would be safe in the world because of it or what you felt you needed to do to get their attention or approval, right? So for me with the agency, 100%, I feel like I was living out someone else's dream. You know, I felt like, oh, this level of entrepreneurial success, you know, it wasn't really about the money. And I feel like for me, it's never really been about that. It's like, I like making money and I like the game of making money and I like the game of business. But there is this this attachment, you know, that's subconscious that at the time was like, oh, I'm trying to like be a really successful entrepreneur because like that's what I was taught I'm supposed to be, mm-hmm. you know, whether or not that's true for me or not. And and 100%, I love business strategy. I'm good at it. I love entrepreneurship. I don't think there's a version of my life where I'm not businessy in how I think or operate. But, but there's a way for that to come out of me in a way that's like, it's fun for me and it's natural and not because I'm trying to like embody the label, you know, or embody the like, oh, well, this is what a successful entrepreneur does and what they make and how they look and how they, you know, and that was for me, that was part of that reckoning of, okay, I'm actually not happy doing this. Who am I doing it for? And why am I doing it? Yeah. Like that thing, like, are these truths still true for me? And I have I ever checked the truths that I'm believing to ever see were they even my own. And I just know that's something that I get inspired by you, how much you invest in your personal development and being around people and in rooms and in spaces that are like encouraging you and inviting you to see yourself from different lenses and perspectives and working on that. And I'm just, I just wanted to bring that up for somebody listening. Cause I think sometimes we can get so caught up on like, what's the right strategy? What tactic do we need to do? And that plays a huge part in business. But another part of like being able to, you've been in business for seven years, says something about your like resilience and your buoyancy and your ability to pivot and continue to move despite the discomfort. It says something about you to still be in business today. And I think like so much of that personal work is playing into, has played a role in like to you still being in the game. Like, I don't know, most people don't last seven years. So. <laughs> It's just, Sometimes you know, I wonder how much longer I can do this, but I'm still here, guys. No, I'm kidding. You know, <laughs> kidding I mean, every day as an entrepreneur feels that way sometimes. It's like, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? So there's somebody who's listening to this right now who's like, okay, I want more Jamie in my life. I want to hone on how to like better communicate my story and get assistance with copywriting. Like, Where can we find you online? Where can they learn more about you? I am at thejamiejensen.com, so it's really pretty easy. Or you can follow me on Instagram at Jamie Lynn Jensen. Mm-hmm. And if somebody, I know we have Copy That and Story School. So mm-hmm. if there's any of you guys listening to this who's like, no, I need to be perfecting and honing it on my copy and getting better at that. Is there any trainings or any place that they can go to kind of learn about like the education of what you do as well? Yeah, that's all on my website. So they would be able to find it easily. And you can add links too. I don't know if you pop yep, those in the show notes. Links and all the yeah. things. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, but just thank you so much for coming on and sharing the, the evolution of your business because it's been through so many stages and it's still thriving and growing and you're still creating the impact. And I just think it's really ref- refreshing. And I feel like you just gave a lot of people permission to be comfortable through the pivots. So just thank you. Thank you. Hey there, Hawk Hustler. 
Thank you so much for tuning in and listening today. If you are ready to turn your side hustle selling services into a profitable online coaching or consulting business, visit jerishahawk.com backslash workshop. Within just one hour of this free masterclass, yes, free 99, you will have a proven framework to convert not just better clients, but more clients who are willing to pay top dollar consistently. Visit jerishahawk.com backslash workshop and I will see you there.